This is the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast on the 4th of December 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. The Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more or stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. In the news today, Eric Pfeiffer and Sabrina Halverson report on stories including a farm income update and it's only a rumor that Bear will be doing a spinoff. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says drab, cool weather and soybean futures. Sharp losses on Friday. We'll get analysis from Brian Basting, an ag economist, coming up on the Monday Who's Your Ag Today podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the hard and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. For many of you here in Indiana, agriculture is your life's work and legacy. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Throughout my career, I've been immersed in Indiana agriculture and appreciate the role that ACI plays on behalf of Indiana agribusinesses. ACI is the proactive voice for agribusiness, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Another farm income forecast from USDA, and is Bayer splitting off its crop science division? I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. USDA has been telling us for months now that farm income for 2023 will be lower than 2022, so that's no surprise. But just how bad is it? Their latest farm income forecast report shows a slightly brighter picture than their August predictions, but Farm Bureau economist Danny Munch says it's still a significant drop. In the August reports, USDA forecasted that farm income from 2022 would drop 23%, a $41 billion drop from 2022. In this new November report, they adjusted that number $41 billion to $31.8 billion, which is a 17% drop from 2022. In total, that would give you a total net farm income of $151 billion for 2023 compared to the $141 billion estimated previously in August. Munch discusses some of the main factors behind the revisions. The most significant revisions are attributable to lower production expenses compared to what they estimated in August. There's still a $14.9 billion expected increase in what farmers are paying for production expenses, which is about 4%, but that's 7% lower than what they forecasted in the August release. Munch says there is some good news about the forecast. For all categories except fuels and oils, electricity and interest expenses, uh, they adjusted their numbers downward. Things like fertilizer, pesticides, seeds, those all saw decreases from what they estimated that farmers would be paying. But there's some bad news too. Electricity, fuels, oils, interest expenses, those all saw increases in this latest report. So those are things farmers are going to have to pay more for in 2023 than what they estimated previously. For more information, you should visit fb.org. Staying informed of the markets, the weather, and world events has always been important to those of us in agriculture. Today, staying informed is critical, but now it's easier than ever. 
The Hoosier Ag Today mobile app puts up-to-the-minute information in the palm of your hand 24 hours a day. Download the free Hoosier Ag Today app for your mobile device at the Apple Store, Google Play, or at HoosierAgToday.com. Some have reported that Bayer will be splitting off its crop science division, but a spokesperson says it's just a rumor. Here's Sabrina Halverson. Rumors about a possible spinoff of Bayer's Crop Sciences Division were kicked up once again after an ag magazine printed an online article speculating on the topic. However, speaking at an expo in Fargo, North Dakota this week, a Bayer spokesperson set the record straight. There was some ag trade media that published some stories on whether Bayer was going to be uh, split off, whether we were going to be spun off, sold, all those kind of things. Uh, those were a repackage of you, if you will, of previous comments that our new CEO has made. Brent Boydston is the corn, cereal grains, digital agriculture, and carbon lead at Bayer Crop Science. He was a speaker at the North Dakota Agricultural Association Agribusiness Expo, and while taking questions from the audience, he addressed the speculation. He explained that a new CEO was hired this year following the retirement of the previous CEO. During an early meeting with investors, the new CEO, Bill Anderson, was asked about spinning off divisions. His answer was that he was going to look at everything and evaluate where everything was at. Boydston said Anderson is currently working on implementing a new management structure. He's dedicated to getting that through the process and then likely reevaluating things then. But right now, everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard says that Bayer's going to stay one company. We're going to be consumer, we're going to be crop science, and we're going to be health. I'm Sabrina Halverson. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Be sure to check us out online, HoosierAgToday.com. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. An unsettled start to this week. And I tell you what, we've said it was going to be unsettled, but, you know, it's just gray. It's drab. It's not very exciting here for the next three days. Today, tomorrow, Wednesday, all cool. Now, go back a week and see where we started last week. Yeah, we're nowhere near that cold, all right? We aren't talking about the deep freeze here, but we're just cool. And with the clouds and the moisture out there, it just kind of seeps into you. Uh, pulls the warmth out of you. That's what we're looking at here the next few days. I think we see clouds and maybe occasional sunshine for your Monday, but we also can't rule out a bit of drizzle and you get farther south in Indiana and I won't even rule out some on-again, off-again showers uh, through your Monday today. A secondary little wave of action trying to move across southwest Indiana down into eastern parts of Kentucky. So we'll keep an eye on that, but clouds and drizzle elsewhere. For tomorrow, we have an upper-level disturbance that's going to try and work through the area. And that, again, doesn't have a lot of moisture with it, but drizzle and a few showers off and on. A few hundreds to a few tenths. That's all we're talking about for your Tuesday, but clearly we're not drying. And with the chill here, it, again, just kind of seeps into you. It's not the best day to be out and about. A good day to be in the shop with the heat on, trying to clean everything up from this year's harvest activity. Getting into Wednesday, we probably see a little bit of sunshine trying to break through, particularly as we move through Wednesday afternoon and 
and evening. That's because high pressure starts on top of us. We transition onto the backside, starting to see south flow. It helps break clouds up as well. And I think by Wednesday night, then, we're starting to see some good temperature moderation. Act 2 from Mother Nature this week starts the second half of the week. Thursday, Friday, significant warming, well above normal temperatures, strong south winds. Temperatures could be a good 20 degrees above normal for this time of year. Very impressive warmth. It's more impressive back to the west, but we're going to be riding the coattails here as well. And then as we move into the later part of the week and weekend, we're going to be seeing another round, Act 3, if you will, as the frontal complex tries to work through. I don't think it does anything on Friday, but clouds build Friday night. Saturday morning, right away, we're looking at showers over central and southern Indiana, and through the rest of Saturday, they build farther north. Secondary wave comes through on Sunday. Rain totals right now could have a very wide range, all the way from a half inch on the low end to maybe two inches on the high end. You get close to the track of low pressure, and there could be some heavy rains and even thunderstorms but i also tell you we have to be a little bit concerned about how fast cold air comes in behind this we could see precipitation end as wet snow overnight sunday night before everything's done first thing monday morning so yeah this is an event and it brings in colder air for the start of next week monday the 11th tuesday the 12th temperatures a little bit cool we see another weather system trying to get in here toward the end of the 10-day forecast window clouds increase on wednesday overnight wednesday night maybe even as soon as wednesday afternoon we see scattered rain or wet snow showers here and a reinforcing shot of cold air coming down behind that to finish next week the 14th and 15th that's a look at your forecast. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. First day of the month in mixed markets with losses coming in soybeans again. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Farm Market Review. Settlements on the way. We begin with market analysis. I checked in in the middle of the trading day with Brian Basting for that. Brian with Advanced Trading. South American weather, Brian, continues to be an issue, and it looks like some rains will hit some areas that need it in center-west Brazil. So the bean market on Friday yet again lower, and it's been a mostly lower week throughout for soybean futures. Talk about what you see there. Yeah, it is a weather market, Andy, as we enter this first part of December here. Um, we were looking at a year we haven't seen for quite a while here where there is some legitimate concerns in Brazil. Too much rain in the south, uh, not enough rain in some areas of the north. I don't want to give your listeners the impression it's a catastrophic situation. It is not at this point, but it is enough to keep the market on edge um, in the context of world uh, tight stock situation and so forth. So weather market, uh, a lot of those beans, Andy, in the north are in the pod set, pod fill stage. Some very, very, very early harvest is taking place, but far and away the next three weeks in Mato Grosso, for example, will be pod set, pod fill. Your listeners know how important that is in August in the Midwest, and that's where they are there. And they'll stretch that into January for the uh, central and the south, more so the, the southern states. So, uh, But, yeah, weather market, um, more rain, as you said, in the forecast here Um and we'll see, we'll see going forward what that looks like. And those forecasts do change, and there are also some disagreements day-to-day on the forecast. Is that correct? And is that really affecting the market reaction? Yeah, you summarized that well. All of us just kind of have to dust off our memories here and recall what we went through this summer back there in June in the Midwest, how dry it got and how, how, how volatile the market got. It does provide opportunities. You know, weather markets can provide really good opportunities from a producer side. Um, 
excuse me, we're looking at significantly uh, higher uh, bean prices relative to corn at the moment. Um, and they were looking at uh, a weather market can be unpredictable. It is unpredictable by definition. Uh, we could come in here um, next week and, and things would look 180 degrees different than what they are today. Uh, but for the moment, uh, it is unpredictable and it is volatile and it's going to remain that way because of how important Brazil is as the number one soybean producer and exporter in the world. Meanwhile, wheat futures finally got a little bit of a break this week and have had some higher sessions. We hadn't seen that for a while. No, it's just been a long, long road down for the wheat market, Andy. I think more than anything, we're just reaching some good value levels. We did see China come in here and make some purchases of of U.S. wheat, which was encouraging recently. Um, But again, it took a very, very low price to get there to do it. Wheat is such an inelastic good that, that, that we just don't use much more wheat, um, even with low prices. And it's not com- not competitive at the moment with corn yet in the feed ration for most uh, users. So, But it did get cheap enough with Chicago below $6, as you said. We did see a nice rally this week. I, I would maybe suggest that that was more short covering than, than a, a turnaround. But at some point, it, it will turn around. I just, um, at this point... Uh, the U.S. is the residual supplier of wheat to the world. I think we just reached a price low enough to encourage some buying. So from a, user, from a producer standpoint, yes, it is encouraging to at least see some cautious signs of stability down here. Corn futures throughout the week and throughout how many weeks now seem to be caught in the middle between beans and wheat and continued stuck in a trading range? Well, we saw December futures, Andy, go all the way down to the, uh, we're here this week, to the lowest level since June, July of 21. Yeah, July of 21 at four, below 450 a bushel. Uh, now, we did see a rebound here Thursday, Friday. Uh, maybe we're, we're seeing these low prices um, encourage some exporter buying. We did see a good export sales week, actually a marketing year high for the weekend in uh, Thanksgiving, uh, that Thanksgiving week, uh, November 23rd, nearly 2 million tons. Um, will that continue? We'll, we'll keep a close eye on that week to week. Again, maybe a value level down there below below 460 a bushel, 470 a bushel for the March contract. Got that user's attention. Uh, but we are the residual supplier of, of corn to the world, Andy. By that, I mean that Brazil is the dominant exporter right now, and we get what's left over for the moment. Uh, after Brazil is done. The one exception to that is Mexico. Mexico has been a very strong buyer of U.S. corn. But without that export push, we're seeing corn struggle. Um, and so there's there's ideas that maybe in, in this December 8th supply demand report from the USDA, uh, the USDA could reduce the export forecast and increase its carryout forecast. As we speak on a Friday, we're a week away from a USDA supply and demand update. Should we pay a lot of attention to that? More so than usual, perhaps, Andy, uh, on, on a December report. A lot of the attention in the fall, of course, goes to U.S. corn and bean yields. And in January, we'll go uh, like four reports, key reports in one day. This year, though, in December, the market's going to be watching exports. Will the USDA reduce corn exports? Will the USDA tweak its soybean export forecast a little bit higher, perhaps, than what they had in November, given the aggressive uh, buying by China and unknown destinations, which a good chunk of that is assumed to be China? So will they tweak those export forecasts? And that December 8th report, as you said, the other one that the trade will be watching, will, will they tweak the Brazil production forecast and the exports from Brazil, given the, the production concerns that have surfaced here in the last 30 days? 
Of course, we'll be watching China, too, in that report. Will there be any adjustments to Chinese demand, imports, and so forth? Uh, and uh, so a little more attention on this report than always, but uh, than usual. But I'd remind your listeners, no change, no updates on U.S. production in terms of corn and bean yields. That'll, the next change will be made in January. Brian Basting, economist at Advanced Trading. His number is 309-664-2314. Settlements from Friday trade up two cents. March corn, 484 and three quarters. And May, 496 and three quarters, up a penny and three quarters. In beans, January 1325, a loss of 17 and three quarters, and March down 16 and three quarters, going to 1345 and a half. Over a nickel bounce on the December wheat contract, March wheat 602 and three quarters, up four and three quarters. Meat markets solidly in the loss column. February live cattle, 169.12, down $2.70. And February lean hogs, $70.10, going 137 lower. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.